your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, and I have a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, there were a couple of interesting topics I wanted to cover. The first is I wanted to talk about some of Winnipeg's top prospects that honestly I think are just about ready to get full-time NHL rides and some guys that I think really could help out this team in the near future and then sort of dive into what roles I could envision these players taking and ultimately how they could potentially impact a season even like this. I'm kind of hoping that one of these guys actually gets caught up this year, although, you know, with the Jets the way they are and and certainly how the coaching staff likes things, it's not super likely, but we'll see. Uh, Injuries kind of force their hands oftentimes, and maybe that'll be the case this year. I don't really want injuries to happen, but if they do, the Jets will have some really good players to call upon who can capably fill those roles. Uh, But then after that, we will talk about Winnipeg versus Vancouver. It is the second half of a back-to-back game, and Eric Comrie is getting the start in net tonight after having a couple weeks off, so hopefully everything goes well for him. But uh, first off, let's start talking about Jets prospects. And one of the biggest names that continues to make waves for Winnipeg is, of course, Cole Perfetti. Now, Perfetti, uh, I don't really have to say more than you've already heard. He's been tearing it up at the AHL level with the Moose. He's already getting multi-point games left and right. He's just an offensive force of nature, and I really feel like if I could identify one player for Winnipeg that is going to be a future superstar, Perfetti is that guy. He has all the skill, the, the hard work ethic, the intelligence, and the ability and skill and technique to make it as a true high-end elite player. And I feel like his motivation and his drive to really push to be the best that he can is only going to help serve him become, uh, you know, the best kind of professional that the Jets love. We have some guys who are very committed, some players who just constantly work on improving their games. I think Pionk is a quiet example of this. He's a very industrious, hardworking guy, and he really took his game to a different level after coming into the Jets looking very raw. Um, And Perfetti, I think, could be a similar kind of player. I think Cole obviously has a ceiling that might surpass just about everyone on Winnipeg's roster, barring maybe one or two players, but even then, I I think that he sees the game at such a high level, and he's capable of performing at that level. He might legitimately be the most talented forward the Jets 2.0 franchise has ever drafted. I'm I'm not sure that it's exactly that yet, but I'm kind of feeling like it is. Uh, You know, there's obviously a couple of players who could make a claim to that, but in terms of ceilings and guys who I just feel like have have another level to their game that's just above everyone else. Perfetti is one of those players. I think he's truly special. Um, of course, I just said I wasn't going to talk about him a lot, and yet here I am kind of rambling and being excited. I feel like if he were to get called up, he would go into the top six. You'd imagine Svechnikov and somebody like, say, I don't know, Christian Veselainen anchoring the bottom six in third and fourth line roles, but Perfetti would kind of slide up alongside maybe like a Shifley or a Dubois. In fact, I would love to see him with Dubois. I think 
the chemistry there would be astoundingly good. You want to find a player to match him up with? Well, bring in the brains and brawn, and I think that that would be a great combo. Both players understand space below the goal line. Both are very good at finding those shooting and passing lanes, and I think they would have a natural chemistry that makes them such a dynamic threat, and then you toss in Kyle Connor, and there's just a lot to like with that potential combo. The other player I think the Jets really need to give a hard, long look at is David Gustafson. He's not super old. I mean, he's like, what, 21? So even by prospect standards, he's still pretty young, relatively speaking, and he's been playing with the Moose for a couple of years. He's been playing pro hockey for longer than that. But the impressive thing with Gustafson is that there is a level to his game that I think people don't understand. He really does have the potential to be a true play driving force down the middle. I don't know if he's like the world's most dynamic center, but what I, I have seen of him and, and certainly what I think he brings at the pro level is somebody with just incredible intelligence. You know, he might not have like the world's hardest shot or even the most elite passing skills, even though I think both skills and, and tools are actually very well-rounded. I, I just feel like because he thinks the game at such a high level and he's mobile enough to make the plays happen, he's just a guy that is able to take over his shifts. You know, by virtue of him calming the situation down, making intelligent reads, understanding where plays are developing and where they're moving towards even before they've gone three or four steps in the process, it just makes him such a powerful center. And when he's in possession, he's got great stick handling, he's got a great sense of space, and it just seems like he's willing to, to work in the hard areas to make that extra play. Is he like the world's most aggressively physical forward? No, I don't think that's his game at all. But instead, he looks for those gaps in between defenders, he can thread the needle perfectly, he's a great, great player, and even if he might not be like an elite franchise number one center, I think what you're going to get with him is somebody who potentially could be a second line center and somebody who is your your two-way shutdown specialist. He will be my penciled in replacement for Andrew Kopp internally. I, I think Kopp is going to sign a major free agent contract somewhere else and, you know, go get that bread. Andrew, I think that that's well-earned. It's just not going to be with Winnipeg because the Jets frankly need that cap space for whatever Dubois is going to look for in a contract. Um, but as far as, you know, Gustafson is concerned, I think Dave could be a huge boost to this team. He might even be able to give the Jets like three full lines that you could honestly put out there with a relatively even amount of ice time. He has that dominant presence down the middle, and I think he could genuinely be a boost. This year, you know, between him and Perfetti, I think Gus might actually be uh, somebody that the Jets give a look at because Riley Nash right now, he's not really getting it done. And I think all of the stuff that I was hoping with Nash just hasn't really panned out. He's not a PK specialist. He's not really defensively sound either. And he constantly gets power play time for some reason. I know that he's a right-handed shot and the Jets are certainly short of those. But if you're going to put somebody out there, just go with somebody on their offhand if you have to. I'd be fine with Ehlers being out there instead. Uh, Nate Schmidt, literally anyone who can shoot or pass would probably be even a slight improvement. Uh, just anything because the current unit with Nash out there is just not working. Gustafson would be a great replacement. Uh, and certainly both at even strength, you know, the power play and the PK. I think he would be a massive improvement in all three areas. He's probably pretty close to making an NHL impact in part because the roster is going to open for him to come in. Perfetti might be, I don't know, he's, he's one of those guys who's so good that I feel like Perfetti has to come into the league sooner rather than later. But with how the Jets tend to, you know, let some guys marinate, Maybe they give him a half season or something more with the Moose. I feel like both he and Gus are ready to contribute now, but you know, with how the Jets are and how the roster is, it's going to be injuries before we see either of them until the playoffs. 
Maybe the Jets will surprise us and call one or both of them up. But for now, we're just going to monitor their progress and see how they continue to develop and, and really push the limits of what they're capable of at the AHL level. It is time to actually talk about the Jets, the, the club that they would be getting called up to, and, and how this team is handling the Vancouver Canucks on the second half of a back-to-back. Before we dive into tonight's game, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good, so stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are now taking a look at uh, Winnipeg versus Vancouver. Obviously, this is the back half of a consecutive night of games, and you would expect the Jets to probably be a little bit fatigued. I was curious to know how they would look against the Canucks, who frankly are, well, they're in desperation mode. Vancouver hasn't won many games this year. The GM is on the hot seat. The coach is definitely on the hot seat. Ownership's asking questions. And so a win in tonight's game would be a critical, critical, I don't know if it would stop the bleeding, maybe just a temporary band-aid or something, but enough to like maybe instill some confidence and get guys to relax a little bit. I mean, it's been a rough, rough ride. Petrosian looks tired and angry. Uh, you know, a lot of the players express frustration in their body language. If you're a Canucks fan, even a win tonight just doesn't really stop things from looking as grim as they really are. Vancouver's in dire straits in terms of the on-ice performance, and there's just not really a likely path forward where that really changes. That said, uh, in this game, I thought that they actually had a pretty decent start against the Jets. Their offensive play below the face-off circles and in that center slot area was very dangerous at times. It got Eric Comrie moving, it got Winnipeg's defense out of position, and a couple of times they had some really good scoring opportunities. Where Vancouver started to show so much vulnerability was in their own end. When the Jets had offensive zone possession, they were cutting that Vancouver defensive structure apart very easily. And in fact, the Jets probably could have had two to three goals were it not for Thatcher Demko making some marvelous stops. The best one definitely on Andrew Kopp's backhand that I thought was actually going to beat Demko just uh, under the seven hole. So overall, I mean, it's been an interesting game. Unfortunately for the Jets, despite outshooting Vancouver and generally having the more dangerous opportunities, you know, the one equalizer in this game is when Vancouver gets a power play. You know, the Jets PK is not great. And with Comrie in net, it's going to be even a little bit more vulnerable. Comrie hasn't played in a while, and I think it showed in this game. He just looked a bit rusty. And the shot that beat him from Oliver ekman Larson, I don't know if it was even like screened or deflected. It just seemed to beat him cleanly. And there were a couple of times where uh, Comrie looked a little bit shaky. The very first shot of the night he had to face was just what looked like a harmless side shot from Connor Garland. And it actually leaked through Comrie's pads and had to be deflected away. So 
not like he was feeling it 100%. But given the way the Jets had started this game and how they were performing at even strength, I wasn't too concerned. I thought that the 5v5 play looked pretty solid. Um, this is a, a continuing trend with this team. Even when the Jets concede or have issues, I don't really worry as much at first, in part because I think Winnipeg has been pretty decent at chasing the lead, um, showing aggression and really offensive prowess when they need to. And I, I just felt like against the Vancouver Canucks, there's a pretty good chance for this team to claw back against the Canucks and eventually take the lead for a win. So we've got about 40 minutes remaining until the rest of the game is completed. So we'll kind of see how things go from there. But if I had to point out any top performers um, for the Canucks, obviously Thatcher Demko has been awesome. For the Jets, it's been pretty decent. I think Ehlers had a couple of good chances. Shifley had one or two shots. Overall, though, with Shifley, I just feel like that that early start to his game that I thought was positive has tailed off over the past few nights. He hasn't really been as dominant and hasn't been finding the, the shooting and passing lanes that we know him for. A couple of lazy shots I thought tonight really could have been made better use of. Um, also, Riley Nash, very frustrating. There was a great two-on-one rush with Nash and Veselainen. Nash never even picked up his head to look at Christian, which for me is just baffling. I mean, Nash isn't really a shooter. If you have Veselainen on your right flank, who's available for a two-on-one, make the pass, man. I mean, that's got to be a, a goal. So a little bit frustrating there. Um, as far as other players who I thought were good, I thought Evgeny Svechnikov looked very active. He was very physical. He was staying balanced on his feet and generally making uh, pretty good passes and plays, especially along the walls. This is the kind of guy who can win those physical challenges and remain in possession while also opening up space to start drawing uh, defenders to him and giving the Jets more scoring outlets. So I feel like Zvech as like this power forward who can be uh, a really physical presence, but also very stout on the puck when he needs to be. It's just a, a nice threat to have. Winnipeg doesn't really have players like that who can do it consistently. And so Zvech fills a very, a very necessary role, I would say. It's, it's good to see him succeeding. And I think he's got a bright future with this team so long as he stays healthy. But, you know, the early returns for what he's been doing, they just look fantastic. As far as the rest of the team is concerned, I guess Dylan has been all right. Thought he got away with one penalty, but uh, he also made another really great defensive play later in the first period that ended up shutting down like a three-on-one. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. Uh, his game over the past couple of weeks has improved steadily. Same with Neil Pionk. Both had disastrous starts, and at times they still have some rough moments, but... At least it's not as bad as earlier, so we'll see if they continue this upward progression. You can only hope that that pairing improves because the Jets are going to have to lean on them a lot heading into the playoff stretch over the next few months. For tonight's game, though, there are two periods left. We're not going to finish our full analysis on this game until probably a future episode. Most likely on Monday, we'll close out thoughts, but in just a little bit, we'll dissect some of the second period play and see if the Jets were able to respond. Before we talk about that, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Into another sport? No problem. BetOnline has your back with European football, soccer, NASCAR, MLS, MLB, NBA, every kind of sport imaginable is at your fingertips. Go to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. 
From all your favorite sports right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the safest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. So start your winning path today. Sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and don't forget promo code locked on at registration. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are taking a look at the second period of Winnipeg versus Vancouver. We recap the first period. Wasn't super ideal for the Jets, but, you know, not exactly an unsalvageable situation. Second period, not as positive. The scoreline is currently 3-1 to one Canucks, and uh, unfortunately for the Jets, despite an amazing individual effort from Ehlers for a beautiful goal, you know, penalties and stuff continue to be an issue for this team, especially once they actually have to try killing it. So... You know, Wheeler took a really sloppy, high-sticking right after the Jets had clawed a goal back. Winnipeg was already down 2-1 two, uh, at that point. Ehlers had just cut the deficit in half. Wheeler then takes a very sloppy penalty. Uh, I forget who he hit in the face, maybe Brock Besser or something. And, you know, the Jets' PK, we all know, not exactly tactically sound, I would say. And then Connor Garland, you know, gets a pretty open lane. I, I would love Comer to make this save, but it's not really all on him. You know, there were three Jets who were at the uh, at the puck carrier, and then, you know, Garland was completely left alone. Nash comes over, doesn't really get into a good shot-blocking lane, and so Winnipeg is down 3-1. This period has been especially frustrating because I feel like some of the top Jets players, they're just not really anywhere to be found. You know, Wheeler is unfortunately a liability these days. As much as I would love for him to be great and to truly be a difference maker nowadays, he's just hes just not anymore. And I, it's hard to say and, and really put that into words now, but the, the days of him being a difference maker and really somebody who could drive play and push uh, transition up the ice, it's all gone now. And when he keeps getting pushed into like top six roles, it's just not working out. I mean, he can't keep up, and he's, you know, struggling to uh, maintain possession. He makes bad turnovers. He gets out-muscled along the walls. He's not fast enough to make, you know, space for himself. He occasionally mishandles the puck and misses easy passes. It's tough, man. I mean, Wheeler used to be somebody who could do all of that, you know, without even blinking, but now at the age of, like, what, 34-ish, I, I think it is, it's just not really panning out, and I think the Jets, they really need to cut back his ice time. Also, Mark Shifley is kind of vanishing again, which is a little bit frustrating. After that good start to the season, when he came back from injury, you know, that effort and that uh, the drive to succeed, as well as the play driving ability, all that stuff has kind of dried up a bit, so he's not really making a difference. I feel like he's just playing more like a third-line center, to be honest. And, you know, Winnipeg just seems a little bit lackluster tonight. I'm not super surprised. I kind of thought, you know, Vancouver's very desperate for a win, and the Jets just played last night against an Oilers team that kind of goalied them. And now they're getting to face Thatcher Demko, who actually is pretty darn good in net. A uh, couple of opportunities I think Demko has been maybe a little bit fortunate on. The Jets may be a bit unlucky. But, you know, by the same token, Winnipeg has also put itself in a bad position with some of the silly mistakes that they've made, uh, some of the poor decisions on the PK, and some of the silly penalties. So it's not really an unfair scoreline. It just feels like the Jets are missing an opportunity here to, you know, get both points. Obviously, the third period is still right around the corner, and I think Winnipeg's got plenty of time to turn it around, but they're going to need to figure it out very quickly because Vancouver has definitely been testing Comrie and taking some pretty good chances, so 
You know, don't give uh, the Canucks any space to work with. Don't give them freebies. And for the love of all that is good and holy, try to avoid taking penalties. The Jets haven't even gotten a single power play tonight, so that's not great. Maybe Vancouver will actually get whistled for something before I die. I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out in just a couple of minutes. But for tonight's episode, that is going to do it. I'll have thoughts on the remainder of this game on next week's first episode, and uh, I'll, I'll conclude hopefully with news of a victory. We'll see. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day. Now make Locked on Bets your second listen. They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Follow and subscribe to Locked on Bets today, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.